All right, a couple of things I want to mention to you right before we jump into what we're going to talk about today. Number one, if you could join me in prayer this week for our team of volunteers that are in Burkina Faso, West Africa, doing amazing things. Uh, They'll be there a few days. Uh, We've been there for years sending teams, building wells, building community centers, building relationships, helping make a difference. Uh, in villages that are remotely removed from the modern conveniences that you and I have, people that don't uh, get to experience what we experience, and a lot of people who don't know, um, that don't know that God loves them through Jesus Christ. And so we've been doing all kinds of work there for a while, and we're going to continue. So if you think about it this week, you join me in prayer with them that they would have safety and good success in what they went there to do. Secondly, from time to time, I mention this just because it needs to be mentioned. And this is one of those times. If you're a first time guest, uh, you can ignore what I'm getting ready to say. This is for our regular attenders. But here's the deal. We have absolutely fantastic children's ministries that operate during the same time that we're in here as adults. And they are specifically designed for your children, which means this environment that we're in right now is not. And your children are lovely. They are wonderful. And I am absolutely no competition match for them whatsoever. When they start being kids and, you know, talking and yelling and screaming or poking the guy in front of them or whatever they, you know, kids do, just being kids, you know, that that can often be distracting to those around you. I know your kids are not distracting to you, but they're so darn cute. They can be distracting to other people who might be wanting to hear maybe what God has to say for them. Um, And so I want to ask you if you could please take advantage of our children's ministries. Um, If you absolutely have to have your children with you in this adult service, as soon as they make a peep or try to spell peep, please get up and take them out in the lobby. Better yet, sit in the back so you have quick access to the doors. And uh, if we can help you out there, that would be great. You can watch everything out there. So (laughs) we still friends? Yeah, 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 yeah. We're in a brand new series called One Another. And I want to begin by telling you something, all of you, that I hope you internalize personally. Something that's very important for us to understand in order to really get the heart of what we're going to talk about, not just today, but all summer long. I want you to know just how much God loves you. I want you to know just how much you were loved by Jesus. And I don't want to freak anybody out. But David, Brookbank, I want you to know just how much God loves you. You and your family, I want you to know you're loved by Jesus. Randy, I want you to know, buddy, God loves you. More than you can imagine. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're going through. But you need to know it, dude. Frankie, Lori, God loves you. Jesus loves you. I have no idea what you're facing. I I don't know maybe what challenges you guys are, are, are looking at. But you just need to know it. You need to know it. Russ and Cheryl Griffith attending her Oak Ridge location today. God loves you. You need to know that the love of Jesus is so big for you. 
And in Jamestown, Robin Kim Bradford, God loves you more than you can imagine. The love of Jesus is pointed in your direction. Now I know some of you are freaking out right now. And you're like, he can see us. <laughs> wake up, wake up. He, sees, he can see us and he has names. He, says, he knows names. <laughs> just, you just need to know. You need to know. Why do we do a series all summer long? I'm talking for the next 12 weeks on one another. These one another statements in the scriptures. Because it's going to help us internalize God's love for us and know what to do with it. How to live it out. Why do a series called one another? Because I, I know... We've got all kinds of problems in the world. I know there's all kinds of issues around us and there's all kinds of things that we could be talking about that maybe some of you think are more pressing. Like all the disaster in the world, the terrorism, and you know, what about all that? And, and maybe some of you are just thinking, I just need to know God. I'm just trying to get connected to God. I, I just need help getting to know God. Well, fortunately, what we're going to talk about today in the next several weeks this summer has everything to do with those very things and so much more. Why do a series on one another? Let me just give you the highlights real quick. Number one, here's why. Because most of our problems are people problems. If you think about it, you'll, you'll realize that's true. Most of the problems we face in life are people kind of problems. Spouse, family, kids. Extended family, friends, boss, employees, coworkers, neighbors, strangers. And even when the problems we face don't look like people problems, what becomes most challenging with the stuff kind of problems in life is how they affect our relationships. Like, you know, one of the challenging things about financial problems, one of the most challenging things about financial strain is not just the money. It's the strain it puts on your marriage, the strain it puts on your home, your friendships. I mean, it just gets in the way, right? Job problems, health problems. It's not just the problems themselves. It's how they affect the people in your relationships. You get short with each other. You get just stressed out and strained. Most of our problems are people problems. That's why we're going to do a series this summer called One Another where we talk about how God wants us to interact with each other. Number two, you need to know that your relationship with other people and your relationship with God is linked. It's connected. Your relationship with each other, we're going to say more about this in a little bit, okay, and, and throughout this series. Your relationship with each other and your relationship with God is undeniably linked. There's an unavoidable, inseparable link. You cannot separate them. Third, we're doing this series because these one another statements we're going to talk about starting today describe the family of Jesus. This describes how things could be in people's lives if they began to trust and follow Jesus. And this describes what our lives should be like because we trust and follow Jesus. This is what community is supposed to look like in the family of God. Number four, one another. Why? Because the success of our mission depends on it. Simple as that. As a church, 
personally, my purpose in life, your purpose in life, whatever, however you want to describe that. And the mission of this church, the mission of every local church rides on the fact of whether or not we're going to live this out. If we do this right, it'll propel the mission. If we don't, it will hinder it. It could kill it. If we get this right, it'll create the kind of relational environment that everybody wants to be a part of, that everybody secretly and sometimes not so secretly longs for. The kind of relational environment that people inside the church want to be a part of and people even outside the church that are looking in from the outside going, I want that in my life. I mean, and you think about it with me. What would it, what would it look like if, if people were cautious about what we believed? And rightly so, because Christians, and we can believe some crazy things. They're true, but they sound crazy. You know, Jesus rose from the dead. Sounds, it sounds crazy, but it's not. It's true, and we've talked about that. I mean, even if you're on the outside looking in going, I'm not sure if I believe what they believe. What if, what if people were cautious about what we believed, but they were captivated by how we treated each other. And they couldn't get over how we treated each other and specifically how we even treated them. So even though they were curious and somewhat cautious, I don't know if I believe everything they believe. I'm not sure if I understand what it's all about, but I'll tell you what, I've never seen people treat each other the way they've treated each other. And, and I desperately want to be a part of a community like that. All of these one another statements that we're going to talk about in the next several weeks are the kinds of things that described the first century church, the very first church, their community together. And specifically, all of these are characteristics that Jesus mastered. I mean, all of these things we're going to talk about starting today, if you want a perfect example of all of these things, you just look no further than Jesus Christ. He set the standard. And he's called us to follow him. So if you're a follower of Jesus, here's the deal. What we're going to be talking about today and the next several weeks, this is what you are called to. It is not optional for Christians. This is what God calls us to, this kind of living, this kind of community. These one another statements. And if you're not a Christian, or if you're not sure or you're just kind of investigating, I want to invite you to try these things out for yourself because they will revolutionize your life. Your relationships will never be the same. And even though you may not be sure at this point what you believe or you're not sure if you believe what we believe, that's okay, you try it anyway because it is so true, it'll work for you as well. And I think then you'll be thinking, well, what else has God said that is true that I need to pay attention to? So just, we invite you to, to try this. You won't be sorry, one another's. And I'm gonna to begin today with the first one another statement that will serve as like a summary statement for all of the other one another's we're gonna talk about in this series. In fact, you could kind of look at it like an umbrella that everything kind of fits under and the rest of the series will be kind of an outflow and description of this first one. And, and here's the first one. It's gonna sound real simple, love one another. That's what we're told. We're going to see it. It's very clear in the scriptures. We are told to love each other, love one another. And over the next 11, 12 weeks, we're going to unpack what this looks like by looking at all of the other one another's 
And all of those things we're going to talk about are descriptions of what it means to love one another, what it looks like when you detail it out, when you break it down. This is what we are called to, to simply love one another. This is what Jesus made his central theme. His central theme, especially at the end of his ministry before he left earth and went back to heaven, it's to help us understand this concept. John, one of Jesus' closest followers, recorded Jesus' words for us so that we can see that this is important for us as well. And this is what Jesus said. I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I've loved you, you should love each other. See, that's why it's so important for us to internalize God's love for us. Just how much Jesus loves us, because that's the point of reference that we use to love each other. Jesus said, just as I've loved you, I want you to love each other. Now, those of you that are regular attenders here at the summit, you will recognize this as the, the battery pack, the power force behind our mission to receive and share the love of Jesus, inspired by these words of Jesus, the new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. Love each other. He goes on to explain why this is so important. He says, your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples, that you and I are connected. Jesus said, if they're going to look at your life and they're going to know that you're with me, that you are connected with me when they see how much you love one another. I think it's interesting that Jesus didn't say, when they get a load of how much you know about God, they will know you're my disciples. He didn't say that. He didn't say, they will know by all of the Bible verses that you've memorized. And that, all that's great stuff. All that's awesome stuff. But that's not how they'll know. Well, they'll know if you do more good things than you do bad things, then they'll know. No, no. They will know that you're connected to me, Jesus said, when they look at your life and they see you loving each other the way I have loved you. And then he talks about the huge impact this has. Later on, John, in, towards the end of his life, is writing to a group of Christians in Ephesus, and he's helping them understand this concept of loving each other and just what a huge impact it has in people's lives. And this is how he describes it. He says, no one's ever seen God. That's a true statement. No one has ever seen God. But if we love each other, you see, God lives in us, and his love is brought to full expression in us. Now, I'd read this for years. And, and, and only a couple of years ago did this really come to life to me. It's exactly what he's saying here. Look at it. No one's ever seen God. But if you love each other, specifically love each other the way I've loved you, people will get a glimpse of who God is. It's brought to full expression in you. They've never seen God. But if you love them the way you're supposed to love them, people will get to know God in ways that they had never known possible. They, they will learn things about God they never knew before. They will experience God in ways that they never thought possible. God is brought to full expression in us when we love each other the way we're supposed to. That's how big this is. And remember I said that there's an inseparable, undeniable, unavoidable link between how we love each other and our love for God? John goes on to write some pretty bold things. And he said, those of you that say, I love God, but you don't love each other, he said, you're liars and the truth is not in you. And this is why. He says, if, you don't love, if we don't love people we can see, 
How can we love God whom we cannot see? That's pretty practical, isn't it? If we can't love each other, we can see each other. How can we proclaim that we love God? We can't see. Here's what he's saying. You can't be good with God if you're not good with each other. Here's why that's important. Because, see, a lot of times we buy into the idea. And I've heard it through the years. Well, the main thing is that me and God are good. The main thing is that me and God are on the same page. The main thing is that I'm good with the man upstairs. However you hear people say, you know, now we don't get along. Me and him, me and her, we don't talk. We stopped talking a long time ago. And me and him, we just don't see eye to eye. We just avoid each other. And me and that person in my family, we just don't. And they don't. And we just know we're better separated and all that. We just try to, you know, and we, things are just better that way. But I tell you what, the, bet, the, the most, thing, most important thing anyway, I mean the main thing, is that I'm good with God. Wait a second. Put the brakes on. This changes everything. Because what God's word teaches us is that you can't be good with God if you're not good with each other. Uh-oh. It's going to get messy. You see, it, it takes our attention to loving each other and off just our relationship with God and helping us understand that how we connect together has everything to do with our connection to God. Let me break it down for you like this. Do you, do you know why we shouldn't lie to people? Do you know why we shouldn't lie? Do you know why the real reason we shouldn't cheat people? Do you know why we shouldn't steal from people? It goes way beyond the fact that, well, that upsets the Lord and that would be a sin and God doesn't want you to do things like that. Well, that's a true statement. But it's, big, it's, it's more personal than that. Do you know why you shouldn't lie? Why you shouldn't cheat? Why you shouldn't steal? Because it's unloving to the person you're lying to, to the person you're cheating, the person you're stealing from, the people you're taking advantage of. It's unloving. And that's why God disapproves of it. Because it's unloving. You can't, don't tell me you love God. John says, don't tell me you love God whom you can't see if you can't love each other whom you do. On the flip side, do you know why we should be generous? Do you know why we should be patient? Do you know why we should be kind? Do you know why we should do all the things that we're going to talk about in the next several weeks? It's not just because, well, it's honoring to God and I want to honor God. I want to please God. No. Why is it honoring to God? Because it's loving to each other. It's loving. And that honors God. See, if you're a parent, you'll understand this. The best thing you can do for me, if you want to know how to be good to me personally, if you want to know how to bless me, if you want to know how to just make me happy and just fill my heart with joy, then be good to my kids. Be good to my kids. When you're good to my kids, you're good to me. I love it. Parents, are you with me? You with me? You love on my kids. And that's the same. It's even better loving on me. You, you want to brag on me? Brag on my kids. You brag on my kids, I get all full of hot air. Just, oh. I just love it. Just, you can talk to me about how great my kids are all day long. On the flip side, you mistreat one of my children. We ain't doing coffee. Okay, don't ask me. 
We're just not. Okay? My prayers for you change to a get them God kind of thing. And <laughs> those are powerful prayers. Parents, you feel that, don't you? You know that's true. It's as if God is saying to us, you want to show me how much you love me? Start with each other. Start with each other. Start by loving the people that I love so much I sent my son to earth to give his life for. So the idea here is to be loving the people that God loves. Who are the people that God loves? Whew, that's everybody. This is tough, isn't it? You see, a lot of times we think this is easy, cheesy, cushy stuff. Oh, no. This love one another will kick your tail. Here's another way to look at it. As a parent, few things bring me more pride and joy than to watch my children express love to each other. When I watch my kids love on each other, me and my wife Donna, I mean, we just look at each other and it's like, they got it. They're getting it. That's what this is about. And, and when I see them love people outside of our family, oh, I love that. I love it. When my kids love, show love to people outside of our immediate family, that's what it's about. That's what it's about. God teaches us if you parents, sinful, earthly parents, have got this much figured out, how much more does God see it that way? Because we reflect his heart. Because I'm telling you, this is what we need. Not easy, not cushy. We hear people, they love one another. Oh, yeah, I do all that. Yeah, yeah, I get all that. I love everybody. I love, okay, we're going to see. We're going to see if we really love the way. We say we love, but do we love? Some of the most challenging things you'll ever do is show genuine love to other people. But nothing has a greater impact in their lives and likewise in your own life than just simply loving one another. I want to draw this now to a question to throw out there to you for you to begin chewing on. And this is a meaty question, so you're going to be chewing a while. This question is not original with me. I did not write this question, come up with this question. I heard this question probably about four or five years ago, posed by another pastor who's a great mentor of mine. And recently I heard him ask the question again at a conference that was in several weeks back, and I was already working on this series. And when he asked this question, I was like, that's it, that's it. I need to share this with the people at the summit. I, I need to pose this question to them because it will, it will serve as the foundation of not only this first week, but I think the entire series. In fact, this is such a big question. It's not only going to help you answer the question, how to love one another. It's going to serve as the foundation for the rest of the series. So we're going to come back to it every week. And so I heard Andy Stanley, who is the pastor of North Point Church in the Atlanta area, pose this question. I think it's one of the best questions I've ever asked myself. You might want to take a picture of this. What does love require of me? What does love require of me? 
This makes loving one another easy to understand. Now, it doesn't make it easy to do, but it makes it easy to understand. What does love require of me? And in fact, over the next 12 weeks, we're going to be answering this question as we go through these one another's because they're all an outflow of loving for one another. So it's all an answer to the question, what does love require of me? Chew on that. Here's the deal. There's a lot I don't know. And the older I get, the more I realize there's a lot that I don't know. I mean, as I enter my 30s, it... I'm sorry. I just lied to you, and that was unloving. So forgive me. I'm I'm a tad bit older. Right. But the older I get, the more I realize there's a lot I don't know. There's a lot I don't know about life. There's a lot I don't know about God. There's a lot of things I don't know about the Bible yet. And I'm a pastor, right? It's my job. But here's the interesting thing. I almost always know how to answer this question. In fact, I can't think of a scenario, and this is convicting. This is a gut puncher for me. I can't think of a scenario where I don't know at least a pretty good idea of what the answer to that question is. What does love require of me in this moment? I love everybody, preacher. Pastor, I love everybody. There's nobody I don't love. Okay, we'll see. What does love require of you then? See, this question helps us understand that it's not just enough to say you love someone. You have to display your love for them to do your love, show your love. What does love require of me? Every week we're going to ask this question, but I want you to imagine with me just for a few moments. What if we just got this right? What if, what if we just got this one right? What if, what if, all, what if we just focused on this? What does love require of me? Can you imagine how life would be different? Can you imagine if if we would just live with this question just playing over and over in our minds, what does love require of me? And then let that dictate our actions and let that dictate our responses. Can you imagine how attractive the good news of Jesus Christ and the local church would be to a world that desperately needs to know that God loves them? But let's bring it down a little bit more personally. Can you imagine how that would change your life? If you took this one home with you, what does love require of me? Can you imagine how that would change your marriage? You don't understand. You understand. I've tried that and all that kind of stuff, and I'm praying. And my husband, he's a mess. My wife's is, and I'm praying, and I'm praying. And I'm, me and God, we're, we're close on this, but we're just not. No, 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 no. Don't even get on your knees. And pretend to be close to God if you're not willing to answer this question and begin loving the one that you're praying to God about. If you don't love each other and you can't say you can't love God, John says you're a liar. If you think you can play God that way. Imagine in that conflict with your husband, with your wife, in the middle of that argument, if you asked yourself, okay, what does love require of me in this moment? Yeah, but we're separated. And we're, we're, we're getting divorced. Okay, but wait, wait a second. What does love require of you? 
Parents, this will change the way you parent your children. What does love require? Because see, it's not enough just to tell them you love them. It's not just about, you know, the, the essentials, you got food to eat, you got a roof over your heads kind of thing. I mean, just what does, what does love require of me to my children, to my family, to my brother, to my sister, to my neighbor, a pesky neighbor, that annoying guy I work with, that annoying lady that just won't stop talking. What does love require of me? What if we went to work with this question? What does love require of me? Hey, that person that you don't like and that person that doesn't like you, and I know there's only one, so that should be easy to narrow down. <laughs> what does love require of you with them? <laughs> you see, you understand, you understand. You know, God understands. No, 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 no. You don't get a special circumstance release here. You, you don't get a loophole. None of us do. This is what God expects of us. Is to love each other the way he has loved us. There are people all around us that are hurting, who are confused, and are asking questions they may not even realize they're asking. And the answer to the question that they probably don't even realize they're asking is simply for us to love them. And love is not easy, love is tough. And love does not allow things to remain the same. No, love always brings change. But what if the answer they're looking for, and they don't even realize they're looking for it, is simply to see us love each other and love them the way we've been loved? Why? Let's hit it again. Because most of our problems are people problems. And this gets right at the heart of the people problem. What does love require of me? Because your relationship with other people and your relationship with God, it's connected, it's linked. You cannot separate the two. Because this is the way life is supposed to be in the family of Jesus. This ought to describe how we do life. Because our mission depends on us getting this one right. What does love require of me, require of you? Hey, David, I told you God loves you. But man, that's not enough. I want you to know that I love you. And I don't know what kind of challenges you're facing. I don't know what kind of questions you're asking. I don't, I, don't know, I don't know what's going on maybe that nobody else knows that your family's facing. But I want you to know I love you. I don't know what that's going to call from me or mean from me. That's my pledge to you. Hey, Randy, I love you, buddy. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're going through. I don't need to know. I can't fix stuff. I can't make stuff go away. But I want you to know. Because God loves me. And because God loves you. I love you. Frankie, Lori. 
known you guys for years. I want you to know I love you. You have an amazing story. I don't know what you guys might be facing right now. I don't know what kind of challenges you may be working through. We're all working through stuff. But I want you to know I love you. Russ and Cheryl, I love you guys. See, it's not enough for me just to tell you that God loves you. And and, and again, I don't know what this is going to mean. I don't know what this looks like. But my pledge to you, not because I'm a pastor, because I'm a brother. We're brothers and sisters. I love you. Rob and Kim, I know just a little bit about some of the stuff you guys have faced, even recently. And I want you to know I love you. And, and I wish I could answer all the questions you have and all that kind of stuff, but I can't do that. But I'm your brother. And I love you. See, I... I'm going to ask you to do something, and I never do stuff like this. In fact, I hate it when I'm in a church or a conference and they do stuff like this. So we're going to do it. And I've never done it before, and I probably will never do it again. But here's, here's what I want to do. I think we need this. I need, we need this. I want you to find someone in front of you, beside you, behind you. And we're all going to do it. So just tell them. Tell them, I love you. Come on, right now. Tell them I love you. Hey, listen, and if you're dating someone and you've been wanting to express this to them, dude, I just gave you an awesome opportunity. Tell her again, no, I love you. Really. You say, well, I, I didn't know them. I don't know them. Well, get to know them. You see, it's not a commentary, it's a pledge. And that's right. See, that was easy. And I know for those of you that are introverts, you feel like you need to change your shorts right now. I get it. I understand. I understand. It's okay. We're about done. We're about done. But see, that's the easy part. What does love require of me now? What does love require of us? Change your marriage, it'll change your family. I'm telling you guys this loving one another stuff. It's serious. We need prayer, don't we? Let's pray. Oh, Father, thank you. Thank you for clearly communicating your love to us through Jesus Christ in ways that are undeniable and unexplainable, but so transformational. Thank you for communicating your love to us so clearly and for making it clear what you ask of us and that's to love each other with that same kind of love. This is messy. This brings up all kinds of issues. It's gonna get confusing at times. It's gonna bring up more questions at times but we almost always are gonna know the answer to what does love require of us. Help us to have the strength and the power, the guts, the courage to answer that question with action and to do it. What a convicting thought that 
In order for us to be good with you, we must be good with each other. We can't say we love you if we don't love each other. So may we not just make this pledge, but live it out starting at home with those that are closest to us, even to those that we haven't met yet and to those that don't like us and those we struggle liking. Help us as brothers and sisters and sons and daughters of God to love each other because the world is watching and that's what matters most. In Jesus' name, amen.